0: Hello and welcome to Be Play Love. And this episode of Helpline with Mothercraft Nurse Chris Minogue. Chris is here to answer all your questions, whether it's about babies that aren't sleeping through the night or toddlers who are biting, hitting, whatever it might be. (laughs) Uh, She can answer. What's that, Chris? running wild running wild as toddlers do uh chris is here to answer your questions so you have a number of ways you can uh speak to chris you can pop your question below this video if you've joined us via facebook live or you could um send a direct message through our Facebook group which is here on uh, Facebook obviously and you can email us if you're listening to us via the podcast helpline at theparentbrand.com.au Chris Minogue how are you? I'm very well thanks. (laughs) (laughs) We were just saying we had a very brief minute before we came online and I said that I was completely over it because you know what it is Chris? What's that? lockdown the thing is with lockdown for me anyway is that I have good stamina when I know how long I have to last for and as soon as I see the end (laughs) right All the stamina goes out the window. So I can tell you homeschooling ain't what it used to be.
1: Yes, Melbourne. but you have done 100 days. So you've oh. done well.
0: <laughs> well, my heart is still going out there for all those in Melbourne who are still, yeah, still going. Yeah, yeah. So I feel for you. Um, everyone was saying that today was Freedom Day in New South Wales. Do you know what I did, Chris? Work. Well, yeah, I did a bit of work, but I also, my uh, moment of freedom was buying my children new shoes.
1: Oh, actually, I can't wait to it, buy new shoes. The things you can't get online, you know, the thing you have to try on before yeah. you buy it. So, but I'm going to let the rush die out before I head out there into those stores.
0: Yeah, well, you see, with kids' shoe stores, a lot of them have booking online, so you don't have oh. to... Yeah, that's very hilarious. clever. Yes, yeah. plus I can't send my child to school with no shoes. <laughs> <laughs> just not really. Yeah. Let's get I on to those.
1: now, toddlers <laughs> of the world.
0: Yes, yeah, so let's get on to problems that are a little bit trickier. Uh, we have a question here from Melissa from our Facebook inbox. She says, yep. "My son is seven months old and just a fab little dude. Oh, I love that." Aww. If he's in the mood, he can fall asleep with a dummy in his hand. He pulls it out, cuddling his toy dog and simply closing the door. But he consistently wakes up at 3 a.m. Most of the time, he just wants to be rolled on his side and tucked back in. But some nights, he is much more awake and difficult. His bedtime is 7.30 p.m. each night, followed by a dream feed at 10 p.m., which he is normally awake and crying for nothing dream about it he then sleeps through till 7am he drinks lots throughout the day and has even started solids very happily recently this 3am wake up happens regardless of lots of good sleep during the day or not much at all like on daycare days the room is also neither hot nor cold we have no idea how to encourage this behaviour to stop and it's driving us wild as it's so hard for my husband and I to go back to sleep afterwards. Thanks for any advice. Okay, seven-month-old.
1: Seven-month-old with a dream feed that he wakes up for. Yeah. <laughs> not quite a dream feed. Which is technically not a dream feed, yes. Which is technically not a dream feed. Um, So I think this is just pure habit because it happens at the same time. So if it was driven by food or coldness or, you know, the temperature of the room or something like that, I think that wake-up time would shift and change a lot. Like you'd get a few nights where you'd sleep through till seven or 6.30 and then a few nights where he'd wake up at 1.30 instead of three. But the fact that he wakes up at three and it starts there, it's probably got to do with just where he's at in his sleep cycle because it happens every night or pretty most every night. And I think um, the fact that you only have to go in, roll him on his side and give him back his dummy is meaning that he's just waiting for you to do that. So I think you have to give him a little bit more of a chance to try and settle himself a little bit before you go in and, and rescue him um, because I think it's just where he's at in his sleep. So leaving him once you hear him, if you normally go in after a few minutes, just wait a few minutes longer and see if he can do it himself. See if he can find his dummy and put it in or find his puppy dog and pull it to him without you fixing it. And then my next advice would be, if he, once you go in the room, don't completely fix it. So you're putting him back in his comfy, cozy, just hand him the dog and hand him the dummy in his hands and walk out and let him settle where he finds himself. Because I think that would be the key in him not waking when he finds himself in a position that's not familiar to him.
0: Mm. Well, good luck our <laughs> question is from angie on the facebook live she says our little one is 13 months but has been sleeping terribly she's teething so we expect this at the moment but since about four months she hasn't slept for much more than three or four hours at most but more often she sleeps in one two or three hour blocks approximately this has been going That's for good. more than well A long time. Long enough. Lately lately she's been waking at times half hourly. Oh, my God. We're exhausted. We have the same bedtime routine and put her to bed between 7 and 8, usually around 7.30. I feed her to sleep and that is how she falls to sleep still. I'm happy to feed her to sleep, but but it would also be good if I could get her into the cot with just a quick cuddle and no tears. Without using cried out methods, how can we help her sleep longer blocks and possibly get her into the cot by gently transitioning her from feeds to sleep to maybe a feed just before bed but not in the bedroom? And how can we get her back to sleep through the night without a feed every time? I'm more than happy to feed for occasional sleeps. Right. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So I think this is a
1: very mixed question because you're happy to feed to sleep but feeding to sleep might be the problem and this is where it can get very confusing especially with a big 13 month older because they've got lungs they can stand up they can cry and then so that's one part of it is that there's probably some sort of attachment to that nurturing of feeding to sleep that's creating some of the problem Then the other part of it is that she's waking really frequently and that sort of tells me that she can't put herself back to sleep on her sleep cycles and the more overtired they become because she's waking really frequently and has done for a long time, then the quicker the wake-ups will be. So the more overtired they get, the faster they wake up, which people, you know, go, how does that happen? But It's the same when we're really overtired or we have jet lag, we wake up more frequently. So there's this little issue over here about how tired she is. And then there's the issue about feeding to sleep. And when you have a problem this complex and with this age group, consistency is the method. And then there's the third thing on top of it, as in, we don't want her to cry to self-settle in any way. And and that can be really hard because she is 13 months old. And, you know, we've got to do hands-on sort of leads you back down the path. So when you get into this, sort of pattern the first thing I do is at least regulate what she's doing so at 13 months she has three milk feeds in the day or can have three milk feeds two to three milk feeds and they tend to have a sleep in the middle of the day or they're coming close to a sleep in the middle of the day so I think if we're trying to see get her to self-settle then we have to be regular in what we're doing so feeding should be just that it's for feeds and not for sleeps So I'd feed her in the morning when she wakes up, I would feed her before she goes to bed for her lunchtime sleep. And I would feed her before she goes to bed in her evening, but I wouldn't feed her to sleep. So I'd feed her, then maybe change her nappy, then try and get her to sleep. And that'll help her break that that connection with the feeding and the sleep if that's where you want her to do because you're asking her to be more independent about her sleep and to be able to do it in a bed. So that's one part of it is that regularity. And the second part is how are we going to get her to do that? And so you might have to substitute at first because you don't want her to cry very much at all. You might have to substitute rocking and patting quite a lot in your arms instead of feeding her. And then once she's sleepy, put her down in her bed and then rock and pat her in her bed. And you have to be committed to something like that because that's what it's going to take. So in this case, what I would do is get your partner on board. So it doesn't need to be all about you doing this, but get your partner on board. And often what I do is get your partner to do, say from when you put it to bed at 7.30 and um, to midnight, he or she might go in there and do the settling. And then from midnight till six or seven in the morning, you might go in and do the settling. And the good thing at 13 months is she doesn't require a feed overnight. She might have a feed, but she doesn't require a feed. So it's going to be much clearer. The message is going to be much clearer for her. And I think once she starts crying and you feel like you need to go into her or wake in, then you got to pick her up, pat rock and put her back down. And then from there, you're going to have to build it so that you only settle her in the cot. And then from settling her in the cot, then hopefully um, you can step away a little bit and then come back and give her some comfort in the cot. So there's going to be a few steps to get her to that place. And you've got to have a lot of time and patience and consistency is the message here. So hopefully that gives you an idea of how to step into that place of helping her go to sleep in her bed.
0: And how long would you give it? As I mentioned at the top, I find it easier to have stamina with things when I know <laughs> roughly how long it's going to take.
1: I think this is a really hard one because it, defining um, I don't want to use control crying as a form of settling is is a tough one to do but I would say well we know that each step takes a child about three to five days so depending on how many steps you want to put into this so you might spend five days just holding her cuddling her rocking her patting her in your arms getting her to sleep and putting her down and then the next five days doing less in your arms and trying to get her to accept it in your bed and then another five days of putting her in the bed so this one, I think it's going to take a little while. But if you keep consistency with those steps, you will get to the place you want to get to without hopefully too many tears from everybody involved.
0: <laughs> and uh, Angie is a, um, someone who has definitely done, had similar issues with my children. And something I never thought about when I was trying to help them learn to sleep better was giving myself the opportunity to sleep so before I started the process when you know it's going to take a while or as a reward at the end if there is someone Angie who can help you in the way that so that you can have several hours sleep in a day or anything to top up your sleep bank because I imagine at the moment Mm -hmm. like you probably don't know where's up and where's down because just As I often
1: think mums, you know, when I'm talking about this, even a mum I was talking to today, um, she's tireder than the baby because the baby gets these little naps in the day. Yes. You don't often get the naps in the day. No. So her, her, her level of um, being able to cope with it is so much lower because she's not getting the sleep and not making it up anywhere. Whereas that baby could go and have a little sleep in the day or two hours of sleep in the day and feel quite refreshed to keep going at night. (laughs) So you're right. You have to, I'm a big believer, you have to care for yourself before you can care for a child. And sometimes that means that we, especially as women and caregivers, need to actually step back a little and say, actually, my partner can help. They can do this. They just need to know what to do and the same support that we would give the, the mother doing it. So it's about the whole family and not just one person in the family.
0: Yeah, so hopefully you can get some yeah. holiday, Angie. It's going to take a
1: little bit of time, but keep stepping it forward and you'll get there in the end.
0: Yeah, good luck. Uh, The next question comes from Kelsey from our Facebook inbox. She says, my daughter will be three in January and still hasn't slept through the night consistently. I could probably count on one hand the times she's actually slept through without waking. It's normal for her to wake, oh, wow, four to five times a night upset, normally crying about something that happened during the day or what seems to be a dream. Obviously, she has a really active mind. Not even melatonin from the doc has helped. I took her off it after three weeks as it made no difference and she kept saying her tummy hurt. Mm -hmm. We are an active family, always doing something to burn some energy. She naps from around 11.30, 12pm and has 45 minutes to an hour 15 minutes on a normal day. I've tried not giving her a nap, but it makes no difference. I've tried earlier and later bedtime, but still no difference. She goes to bed normally around 6.45, 7. She wakes every morning between 5, 5.30 a.m. on a normal day. I also have a four-year-old and a seven-year-old who she wakes by screaming in the mornings. She never wakes happy. Yeah. She uses a glow-dreaming sleep device in her room, bed- bedroom temperatures around 21 degrees, and we live semi-rural, so no noisy neighbours waking her. Help, what is going on? What indeed, ah. Kelsey. I think
1: this is just long-term habit for me. But the things that, from what you've said, Kelsey, that we could take from it is, we know that generally you sleep better in darkness. Like when you need that deep restorative of sleep, you sleep better in darkness. So the first thing I do is turn the light off. So the light's giving, and this That's is what light. I do. Her, you know, that little soft light that they've got going on. I just turn it off. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is that sometimes when we wake in our sleep and we look around, if there's a light on it casts shadows, and that could be what's waking her even more. So I turn the light off, I would get rid of her day sleep. So I think... Um, I'd be very regular about when she got up and when she got down, almost treating this almost like jet lag. She just can't get herself because of the history, the three years of not really ever sleeping well or having periods of sleeping well. I, I would be quite regular with her sleep and the shortest I'd give her in the day or the shortest day I'd give her was would be 12 hours. So she got up at 6.30. I'd have no hesitation about putting her to bed at 6.30 but I wouldn't be giving her a sleep in the day because I think that just gives her more energy. So I think if you can regulate her day, that'd be great. And if she woke between six and seven in the morning for her age, I would put her to bed about seven, 7.30 at night. But if she's particularly overtired, had a bad night. I'd put it to bed as early as 6.30. So I think I'd regulate her day as much as possible. And it sounds like she's your third child. So it's not like you don't know how to settle a child. It's just that this one's beating you down and you're trying to work out how am I going to do this? So that regular pattern I think is really important for her. And then um, again at night. So we're not quite sure what happens when she does wake up at night, who goes in, who sits there, who settles her but I'd make it short and sharp. I would just do reassurance, kiss, cuddle, tuck in and I'd be back out of there again. These can be, these children can be really difficult because they're survivors on very little sleep. They know how to survive on very little sleep. But we also know that they can have terrible tantrums and it can lead to night terrors. So I think it's worth re-looking at this again and re-teaching her as if it was from the beginning so lots of reassurance regular routine teeth but um, teeth toilet two stories cuddle kiss and into bed and i would do it at exactly the same time every night and if it really didn't really really didn't improve with just some basic resettling of a three-year-old you know a bit of pointing of your finger and this is what i'm going to do then the other thing to think about it is there something going on for her that's outside the norm because she your third child and you have done this before and having someone who really studies childhood sleep disorders and having them have a look at her because it's all very well for us to say you know put her in a bed stand at the door tell her to put her head down if she puts her head down go over and give her a kiss but this has actually been going on for three years. This hasn't been going on for six months and she slept well for you. So please don't underestimate that there could be something in terms of the sleep disorder that might be influencing and such. And they'll check adenoids and tonsils and ear infections. And then actually you might end up seeing someone about it. But let's start with the basics, reset everything for her. Get rid of a day sleep because everyone will tell you to get rid of a
0: day sleep. And then let's see um, what happens from there. Uh, Our next question comes from Rachel on the Facebook Live. Do I have to encourage a a child to be dry overnight or do they do it by themselves? I have a four year old, five in April, still wears a nappy overnight and it's it's still full in the morning? Um, I think you can
1: do steps to make it lighter, but I do think it's a maturity in the end for them to stay dry. So things like I certainly four or five year old wouldn't be given anything in a bottle of water as in not even a drink bottle unless you're in the middle of a park and it's hot, but I'd be giving cups of water, not bottles of water. And I'd certainly be doing things like making sure that they did a wee before you put them into bed and possibly even picking them up as you go to bed and doing a wee and see if we can lighten that nappy. Um, it's usually that they're taking too much fluid too close to going to bed. That's, that's the general problem. So let's see what happens when everything's in um, a cup, you know, so you can give them as many cups, but they tend to drink slower and drink a little less. in in cups than in great big drink drink bottles Um, and uh, toilet in before they go to bed, toilet in when you go to bed. And if you really can't get dry nappies, some children aren't dry overnight until they're in between seven and 11. Um, But I think I would give it a go at regulating and controlling it a little bit to see if there's a bit of a difference in the weight of it. But otherwise it'll be a maturity. The child will mature and they'll get lighter and lighter as time goes on.
0: Our next question is from Farah from our Facebook inbox. She says, my one-year-old is a very big biter. He bites us several times a day. I have tried everything. I have done everything that I could to stop this, but unfortunately I haven't seen any progress. I was meant to start work at the end of the year, but have held back because of this, so I don't send him to childcare with this issue. Please help me out. For one-year-old who's
1: that aggressive at biting. Um, oh, well, the first thing I would do is, if you know they're a biter, you know the circumstances and when they would bite. So sometimes when we pick them up too fast, they'll bite our shoulder. Um, Sometimes when they're having a tantrum, they will bite us. They'll obviously bite our legs or our thighs. And I think being aware of it really helps because when you know the child's in that situation, I think he can distract them out of it. So if my child was having a tantrum and they were a biter, And if you generally pick them up and they bite your shoulder, I certainly wouldn't be going towards the child and picking them up. I'd probably go from around the back and pick them up in like that seated position. So they couldn't bite you. I think you have to list down over a few days when that child's biting, are they tired? Are they hungry? Are they using it as a way of getting attention? And then once you work out what the common denominator is, you have to distract them out of that behavior. So you know you really need to be on top of this i can understand why you didn't maybe put them into daycare thinking they'll go around and bite everybody but i i think you'd be surprised and how little biting they would actually do in daycare because there's just more eyes on them and they'd be more aware but what they do do is distract that child so if they look like they're going up to you know bite a little one you'll get a carer that will come in and distract them into play in another way. And I think we can take those cues and use them at home. So if that little bat, little one is really tired, I might come from behind them um, and pick them up. I might not push them as much. So if they're having a tantrum, try and de-escalate it quicker so that they don't launch out at you. But I think you have to protect yourself, you know, so don't put yourself in that place where they, they could possibly bite you. Not that we do that in, intentionally, we do it more in a position as in getting them up, picking them up, and they bite us. So distraction is one of the answers here. And um, being very aware of the circumstances and when they bite and distracting them out of them is probably um, what's going to fix it and a little bit of maturity, a a little bit more language.
0: But you you would suggest not to hold back on childcare?
1: No, I don't think so, because I think you'll be surprised at when the carers know that, that this child has been a biter, that they'll put some of those structures in place as well. And There's lots of distraction. And of course, the less he does it or she does it, then the less they're going to learn to do it. So it might actually help in a way, because the less they do it at daycare, then they're less likely to do it at home as well. So I definitely consider it and make them aware of where he's at or she's at at that moment.
0: Our next question comes from Nicole in our, uh, from our Facebook inbox. She says, I have a five-week-old bub. Firstly, how long do we attempt gentle settling in a bassinet before we resort to other options like pick-up and rock to sleep? And also our baby suffers from colic. Is there a way to help him settle for a nap if his tummy is playing up at nap time? I know if I hold him upright, he instantly feels better, but then that means he's also falling asleep in my arms. I'd yeah. love any tips.
1: So he's only five weeks old and little five-week olders do tend to have a lot of wind pain. Some people call it colic. Some people call it all sorts of things, but it's generally wind pain that they've got because they've got a little short body in. And over the next, you know, five or six weeks, they're going to grow in the trunk and the bowel will move and and the tummy will feel much better. The baby will be more relaxed. So I wouldn't put too much emphasis on settling them at the moment, but there's a little window where we can do that. But then if we do that for too long, then we end up with a baby that's much more difficult to settle regardless of what was going on at five weeks. So what I would do is... Um, Make sure they're fed well. They'll probably feed about every three-ish hours, a little less, a little more. And make sure they have a bit of uptime in the day after that feed so that they're moving around a little bit. That might help with the wind and settling them. And then giving some very basic cues like wrapping, cuddling, calming them. And I think I'd get this baby a little bit calmer in my arms before I put it down into a bed. So almost to sleepy. And then the trick from there is when you put, put him or her down into the bassinet that you have and tuck them in, they feel like you're still holding them. And then put your hands on it and do a little bit of body rocking. So that little bassinet might rock a little bit. And I'd probably do that for about 10 minutes. And if that baby wasn't really feeling like they're calmer and a bit more settled, then I'd pick them up and start that sequence again. So more comfort in, more comfort in get them nice and calm and sleepy again and then repeat it. I'd probably do that twice. So now 20 minutes has gone past and then I'd just get them to sleep in your arms. And you're still putting nice little cues into place but the baby might not be mature enough just yet to be able to handle it.
0: We've got time for one last question. This is from Julia on our Facebook Live. She says, Hello, Chris. My nearly six-year-old daughter gets extreme bedtime silliness and it's disruptive (laughs) to the household, especially for our nearly two-year-old son. I would love your advice. Thank you. Do we know what time she goes to bed? Does not say that, no.
1: Okay. Be interesting because the two-year-old I would have thought would be in bed well before a six-year-old would be in bed. But sometimes they get silly because they're silly. That's that's their. you know, six-year-olds can be very temperamental and silliness is a way of getting attention. But I actually think in this case, if it's happening at night, she might be a little bit overtired and she's just gone over the edge. So as a six-year-old, I'd probably put a six-year-old to bed between 7.30 and 8, you know, depending if they get up at a reasonable time, somewhere between six and seven. Um, and I would have my two-year-old in bed before that. So maybe they don't, then don't play off each other. Like when she gets a bit silly, the two-year-old acts up, then the whole thing goes bare shaped So I try and get that two-year-old to bed a little bit earlier, maybe between the seven and 7.30 window, depending on how well they sleep. Um, and then I would do a, a calming down session. So something like toilet teeth. let's have two stories, let's read the two stories in bed. And there's a six-year-old. If she was still being silly then, I'd probably pull the rope and say, okay, I'm, I'm walking out now if you're like that. So a little bit of a consequence and see if it, she'll calm down. But to me, it sort of sounds like she's a bit overtired. So check what time you're putting her to bed and see if that helps. But I'd be putting her to bed between 7.30 and 8. And and just keeping it really, you know, like, oh, like you say.
0: Sorry, it's the bedtime is 7.00, 7.30ish. Yeah,
1: so I think you're putting her to bed too early. It's not enough wind down time. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's playing off the two-year-old. So let's get the two-year-old to bed between 7 and 7.30 and then at 7.30 take her into a room um, reading something like a chapter book to her where she listens to the story and that might calm her down um, as well, like a really basic first chapter book might work and then keeping that lighting low and that will hopefully calm her down but I would think she would be in bed sort of in that 7 30 to 8 o'clock window so you might be just trying to put her to bed too early
0: okay yeah. well we're right on time Chris and I thank you so much for your help tonight thank you no problem at all you take care You too. Now, if you didn't get a chance to ask Chris Chris your questions, remember you can book a one-on-one session with Chris through our experts panel, which is called Babyology's Parent School. There'll be links in the notes of this episode and below this Facebook Live. We will be back again next week. See you all then. Feed, Play, Love is a Babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch,